when I first saw The Secret, I was like, oh, I totally do this by nature. And to be fair and to make people feel good, I don't do all of it awesome. You know, we all work <laughs> and we grow. But career and money, I, I knew. I just knew and I never, ever worried about it. And I never worry about money. And when you talk about something that makes people happy... I am so grateful for the opportunity to have voiced so many characters that bring people together, that bring people joy, that make people happy. What is up, my fellow dreamers and soul searchers? Welcome to the Roxy Talks Manifestation Podcast. Your raw, unfiltered, and unapologetic source for all things manifestation related. I'm Roxy Lee, and for the last decade, I have been researching and developing my signature 360 method, which combines behavioral science, quantum physics, and the law of attraction to help you manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Visit RoxyTalks.com for more info. Now, let's get into it. What is up, my fellow dreamers and soul searchers? Welcome to a very exciting episode of Roxy Talks. We have not only a prolific actress and artist, but the voice of a generation, I would say. I'm sure you're, <laughs> I know you've been called that before, but we're going to call it again. But Tara Strong, thank you so much for being on the Roxy Talks show. We're oh so excited gosh, to have you. Thanks for having me. I love you as much as you love me. <laughs> Yay, it's mutual. <laughs> we actually manifested this entire friendship. Yeah. Everyone's like, how are you friends with her? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah you do. Science. You, do. you totally <laughs> It. I've been manifesting. <laughs> I know. And I told when I told my sister, like she knew who you were just because I was, I didn't, I mean, me, I don't know. I guess I just was like trying to explain it. And she like knew who you were before I even, Oh, that's so you know, like, could like finish the sentence. I was like, I yes. That's true, it's true though. You know what? My, my son has his first girlfriend and they're so adorable together and her, um, yearbook, quote was a raven quote wow and like when she was five she dressed as harley she has a harley tattoo and me <laughs> my kids and i like love like ritual and magic and all kinds of fun stuff and my son is like super magical he's like oh totally manifested mm-hmm. my girlfriend i'm like Mm-mm. yeah she manifested <laughs> you because she wanted me to be like your mommy-in-law like she wanted raven and harley in the picture like she's the manifester She's trying to get the best mother-in-law that she could right. possibly. She did it right. I know. And, and actually, I did want to talk about that, too, because you're raising a generation of manifestors. And, you you know, you guys are magical and out with it. And you're teaching them and showing them. And then I was I was even telling my live stream people today that you that your son is manifesting stuff and like you'll my my son manifested this yeah they're both so amazing and magical and like uh, i learn from them all the time too i think that i think it's true that when you have like a love bond and you're in a soul group you meet together in multiple lifetimes i really think that's true and i think in a previous he was my teacher like Mm. my older son is uh, yeah and my younger son is magical in a totally different way. Like I and I love I love learning from both of them, and we teach each other, and we have this like 
beautiful magical triangle going on that opens up to let people in for squares and circles and octagons. <laughs> we just love love spread and love and joy, and they're just amazing. I'm so lucky to have them. So, okay, I just want to say something real fast. As <clears throat> as a listener, people ask a lot, you know, about manifesting success and. I want to start a YouTube channel. How do I do my pot? You know, all these things. What, what you just said is how somebody who is living their best version or living their happiest life talks about their 3d reality. And I tell people, you know, you need to get into the mindset of somebody that is of the version of you that is living that, like, what would they be saying when they're just simply looking around and observing and taking in all that they have created for themselves? Most of us are like, Oh, fuck all this shit. But what you just said is exactly why you are spreading that to literally millions of billions, probably of people. Literally. I feel so, thank you for that. I feel so lucky. Like I, I knew what, what I wanted to be when I was three or four years old. I wanted to be a singer, dancer, actor, performer. I knew that. Um, I grew up in a little tiny house in Toronto and um, no one in my family was in the business. The closest thing was I had a grandfather who was a cantor at a synagogue. And so I had to like bug my parents to get me an agent. And we weren't like, you know, people that had millions of dollars. I shared a room with my sister till I was 16. And it's just, I never, I never worried about money. You'll totally understand this. It mm-hmm. was never a thing like, will I make money? Will I be successful? It was like, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I saw a movie of the week and I said, that's what I want to do. Second, I moved to LA. I, you know, not long after I moved to LA, I booked Sabrina goes to Rome with Melissa Joan Hart. And I'm like, wipe that off the list. You know, uh, <laughs> when the amazing. little mermaid came out, I wanted to, to be her. And I totally got to sing with her in the studio and play her daughter in the little mermaid too. Like, wow. these are things that like, I, I always knew. And then, um, when I first saw the secret, I was like, Oh, I totally do this by nature. And to be fair and to make people feel good, I don't do all of it awesome. You know, we all work <laughs> and we grow. But career and money, I, I knew. I just knew and I never, ever worried about it. And I never worry about money. And when you talk about something that makes people happy, I am so grateful for the opportunity to have voiced so many characters that bring people together, that bring people joy, that make people happy. Like you said in the beginning, I hear it all the time at cons. Thank you for my childhood. You were my childhood. I was going to kill myself till I met Raven. I would never have got through my parents' divorce without Fairly Odd Parents or, you know, My Little Pony. I, I... didn't have friends to like, like all these, uh, when you think about like, I really think we're here in the world to touch people in positive ways and make people feel good. And whenever I'm like, Oh my God, have I done enough? Like, Oh my God, what a great gift that right. I'm a co- conduit voices that are making yeah. people happy. So yeah. thank you for recognizing that. Cause it's like everything. It, I mean, their end of episode, you did it, said it, we're good. No, <laughs> like that was just such a beautiful, yeah, should have put a bow on that. If we could do that, you know, sonically, that'd be great. Um, it really is. And you know, it's cool too. It's like, I don't mean to get all, no, I'm not going to say, it cause I don't want to genderfy anything. I'm sitting here in a pink room talking to a pink shirted person. And I do if love that. If you're about to like... love to me, I will accept it. I was going to say, you know, like, you know, it, like coming from the con side, like it is so nice to have such a, 
I don't want to use these words, but a pink perspective. How about a pink perspective? <laughs> That's really what I mean. Cause it's not, it's not genderized. It's like a pink perspective. It's, it's something that doesn't get taken seriously in mainstream. You know what? Does that make sense? It's like, you know, it's seen as like weak and, oh, and, so. and girly and froofy. I think so. But you know what? I think being girly and embracing your girlness and even holding on to certain things that feel like Pollyanna or like all good natured, like if that's part of who you are, you got to embrace it and love it and paint everything fucking pink in your world. Mm. I love pink. I love purple. I love baby blue. I love those pastel colors that just make people happy. I love it. And I love girly stuff too. But, you know, like bubbles, <laughs> you can be adorable and girly and then you can also kick some ass if you have to. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Being girly doesn't mean that you take shit. Yes, ma'am. A hundred percent. That's so true. Yeah. Because I'll kick your ass looking That's real right. cute. Yeah. <laughs> <In the process. laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Mm-hmm. No, I'm nonviolent. Okay. I'll just kick your ass with my words. Okay. So somebody wanted to know how you first became introduced to the law of attraction. And I know we talked about it. Like you kind of knew right away and connected with it. Cause that's how it was for me. I was like, Oh shit, this is what that thing is that I've always known about it. Um, but where, like, how did you come across it? Like, where was it in your journey that you were shown in and brought to that information? I, so, um, I didn't actually know it was a thing or a science or, um, uh, what do I want to say? Like, um, a practice. I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that. I just knew, like by nature, what I was here to do, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was going through a really rough time um, in 2006. When did it? When did it come out? Was it 2005 or six, something like that? Bob said it's been like 15 years, so that sounds about right. Yeah. And someone said you should watch this because I was feeling really low. And people who know me know I'm always like this, even when things mm-hmm. are hard. By the way, I don't fight dirty. I never mm-hmm. say you're this. I never say fuck you in an argument. I'm always this even keeled, mm-hmm. and, and usually very happy and very positive. So to see me kind of down was hard for this person in my world. And she gave me the secret. Mm-hmm. And I watched the movie and I thought, wow, this is like some of the most awkward acting moments, <laughs> like these people <laughs> that had to do these crazy scenes. But, <laughs> but the messages were all so good. And of course, I fall in love with like Beckwith and mm-hmm. Ben and all these doctors who have yeah. these amazing things to say and also how to apply what I did by nature career-wise to other pieces of mm-hmm. my life. Yes. And it really started speaking to me that that's a thing I can do and practice. And I have practiced it. And I've seen unbelievable miracles and Mm -hmm. I've also seen things not work and I think that when things don't work if you're a really powerful manifester and you are a positive thinker and you believe in the laws of attraction and that we're here for a bigger purpose and we're all one and all those things that if it doesn't work it wasn't meant to I really believe that like if there's a part I really wanted and I'm manifesting it because I'm like I know I'm meant to play that part I know I would be the best person to play that role and I don't get it and I'm like damn I'm a powerful manifester okay the person that got it needed it more than I did Mm. or if I had been on set maybe I I would have missed something really important or got hurt or whatever like there's a reason that we can't see that Mm -hmm. I I don't know if, if you believe that but I believe that like 
our whole life is this big, beautiful puzzle, right? And we don't get to see how it all looks till we're done and we graduate to the next place. And some right. of those pieces aren't always so pretty, but they got to go in to get you to the next level. Mm. And maybe you can't see why that piece wasn't fitting right there, but later you go, okay, now I get it. So, right. And by the way, for people that don't believe in it at all, I think they're right too. So whether you believe it or not, you're right, right? So let's say it works 50% of the time. That's a mm-hmm. pretty great life. That's yes. a pretty great life. Absolutely. So you might as well keep on manifesting and keep on trying and not giving up. And, you know, when things get hard and you, and you like, forget yourself, here's what I'm going to give you kudos. It's very easy to get down. Mm -hmm. on your practice and get down on your mindset and start feeling like, oh, maybe it's not working or maybe I'm not good at it. And inevitably, you always have a video that gets people right back up to feeling good about themselves. And there are lots of people that teach the law of attraction, but I think the beauty about yours is you are really um, wonderful at making people feel a whole on their own and that they are like the painter of their life painting, the director of their life movie and feel good about themselves and like feel important and, you know, being, um, when it comes to love relationships, you know, there's a difference between like wanting and hoping and being a doormat and you Mm -hmm. empower women, you do. Mm -hmm. And that's super, super fucking important. We have to empower women, children, and protect animals when we're here. It's part right. of our purpose. We have right. to. And you're fucking great at that. Thank you. I, thank you so much. I appreciate you. That was very, very sweet. And, you know, I like the reason I really do this, honestly, is because I just don't, I don't think it's fair that not everybody knows. And not, you know what I mean? Like, I just, if everybody knew and understood this information, cool. Then I'm like, go do what you will (laughs) go run free in in the, in the, in the pasture, you know, but until that moment, it's like a level of me, you know, there's only so much I can enjoy without at the very least being like, Hey, you could do it too. You know, like, yeah, you don't have to just do it. That's your gift. That's your purpose. You're sharing this knowledge and you're making people's lives better. Even if they don't manifest absolutely everything, like I said, mm-hmm, they're manifesting mm-hmm. 20% more, 30% more because they watched Roxy Talks a few times. Wow, Stop. like, what a little miracle you are. Stop. I didn't know I was going to come on my podcast and get complimented. Yeah, girl, you're <laughs> hardcore. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know that I manifested that, but I we feel should, like I just achieved I mean, something. <laughs> I think we should really tell people how deep your love for me goes. Like, it started with Hello Kitty, right? Yeah. And and it's funny because so did yours, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I've been a Hello Kitty girl since like birth, since DNA. It was the very first animated role was the voice of Hello Kitty. I was 13. And you want to talk about weird manifesting? I grew up helping in my parents' toy store, actually in Toronto, not far from where I'm living right now. I'm shooting something. And they're... Mm -hmm. um, they were like, we would go to Buffalo and bring in American candies. And we had like this amazing sticker collection or sticker section. Cause at that time everyone had sticker collection. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we had Care Bears and all kinds of cute stuff and Lisa Frank stickers. And it was like an awesome kind of fun place to grow up. And I learned how to give change at the cash register and would help people. And in the basement, my parents made this giant area called Chachka land. And in Yiddish Chachka is like little, like silly gift that you don't really need, but it's kind of cute or whatever. And they were the first to import Hello Kitty into Canada. Wow. And I have pictures of my dad in like the Hello Kitty furry suit. <laughs> Six, seven years before I ever booked it or knew I was going to wow. be an animation person. Wow. 
Okay. And so your story is, you have a similar story to me too. It's like, I have always known I was going to do something, you know, like I'm not done on my journey. I know I got places to go, but like, I've always known that I was going to be speaking on some level to people, whether that was through music or who knows what, but like the question of that has never, that's never been it. It's never been a, even like a, how it's more of just like a, when is it, you know, but you have, you like did it and came came right into it and that's actually leading me into another question that somebody had for you (laughs) um and you kind of answered it already but somebody wanted to know if you specifically wanted to be a voice actress or just generally wanting to act and that's kind of like what you fell into I didn't I um love animation I grew up running and watching Saturday morning cartoons yes um and so like like I said with the little mermaid like what a gift I definitely once I found out it was a career I wanted to do it but I wanted to be a performer before I knew that was a career like I wanted mm-hmm. to be a performer four or five I wanted to just sing dance and act and in Toronto I had a very well-rounded career I did theater I had my I was on a sitcom for a year and a half I did TV and film and animation and it was like a very well-rounded career it wasn't till I moved to LA that the voiceover stuff really took over and I'm very grateful because there are many women my age that worked like crazy when I was 20 when I moved to mm-hmm. LA and now are really struggling and voiceover is such a small niche and such a small world that um, many people want to be in there. And by the way, many people deserve to be in there, but it's small and it's hard to break in. So I feel very fortunate that I had that piece of my career to sustain my lifestyle and my lifestyle with my children, aside from the fact that it is the most fun job in the world. It's <laughs> right, so aside from that. We just get paid to be silly and, and have fun all day. And most people in animation are the most um, extraordinary, high-quality people. Like, they just care. You know, mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. met someone in a voiceover world like, oh, I got another job, or I got to be on set, or I got to do that. Things that you might hear on an on-camera world. It's mm-hmm. like everyone's so grateful for the opportunity, and everyone like loves to have something new to do and grow like I'm actually amazed by what someone I've known for years suddenly does like suddenly a right. new voice comes out of nowhere and by the way voiceover people even if they don't realize it are uh, I mean they're incredible manifestors they'll be a, mm-hmm. a, you know a drawing of a character and they have to try to think what that character should sound like what production wants that character to sound like and take a guess and do these auditions and you know when I get a drawing I'll think like, oh, what what does production want this to sound like? And then they'll also give you like a script to read um, and sides, which is our portion of the script for the audition. And sometimes you get like a little bit of a show Bible of the world and you have to guess what they want it to sound like. And you have to know that hundreds of people are auditioning for that one role. So I'll usually <laughs> lay down like three different choices in this studio and I'll edit it and make it perfect and then send it off. But what I want to say is when you're making those guesses and those choices, that's all manifesting and talking to the universe. My yes. favorite story like this, if my, if I may. You may. Please do. Is Raven. Because um, at the time of that audition, I was already playing like five different tragic teenage girls, three of them for, <laughs> the, net, for the same network. right? Mm-hmm. So I was doing Batgirl, which is like the only thing I do that was my own voice. But she's not like a party girl. She's like a pretty serious, you know. 
edgy, realistic teenager. I was doing Sharina Wicket for a show called Detention, also at Warner Brothers. I was doing Kylie from Extreme Ghostbusters. She was like the wow. really cool chick Ghostbuster. Um, Ingrid Third from X Middle School, Safety Patrol from Fillmore. Like, how <laughs> am I going to make this girl different? Because mm-hmm. every time I create a character, they have to be a different entity, right? Right. And I'm at the audition. And I thought I was going to book Starfire because the character description for Starfire was she's a grown-up Bubbles. <laughs> I'm grown-up You bubbles. are, right? So I thought, well, I'll definitely book that. And then I do the Raven thing, and I just relied on my acting. Like, I just went and envisioned every moment so that the acting beats would be great. And I left going, there's no way I'm going to book this part because it sounds too much like Batgirl. And as I'm passing the studio, I see Andrea Romano, the director, Glenn Murakami, the creator of this version, and Andrew Slack and some other people. And I'm like, can I try one more thing? And because Andrea knew me so well from that girl, which, by the way, talk about manifesting next to (laughs) Kevin Conroy. Right. um, He's like, I said, can I try one more thing? And she said, yeah. And in, I walked into the studio, and I just had this idea. Mm, she had mm-hmm. this weird role every time she spoke, and I have no idea where that idea came from. The universe. universe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Tinned and tapped and turned on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you have to be for mm-hmm. anything creative, really. Yeah. You got to be open to those messages. The channel. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point, too, because being an artist, you know, I am the most open and free when I'm in the studio or when I'm, you know, creating and doing that stuff. And if you're spending a lot of your time just in the day being an open channel, you're going to get lots of information and things coming to you, energies that you can't even see, manifestations that you don't understand are coming to fruition just simply by being there and not pushing up against it, which you would do like, you know, in at work or talking to somebody that pisses you off or, you know, like thinking about your, your doubts and your worries and, and all the things that might not work out for you. Right. And you know what? Like when you have that creative element, don't you feel like so lucky that you have that? Because when things get Very down, true. when things are hard, you still have to show up and be Roxy Talks. You still right. have to be this dope ass chick no matter what the hell's going on in your world. Same right. with me. I could have my world falling apart, but I right. still got to go and be in that studio and deliver something amazing that's going to make kids laugh or yes. feel like they matter. And, I'm, right. and by the way, when you're in that moment, you can compartmentalize and turn that on and be mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you're giving everything to that moment, you're believing completely in that moment. And that's why it transcends. And that's where the success comes from. Mm-hmm. That's that true. Just, I mean, not to sound cheesy, but it's like pure inspiration. It's just straight yeah. source. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like Esther Hicks. I keep using her vernacular, well, but <laughs> she's, good. she's good. You know what? And I think this search for like what works for you and manifesting and magic is you got to take all the information from all these amazing people that have studied and been around and that's awesome. But then you also have to use your own magic yes. instinct. Yes. And, you know, it's like, it's okay to borrow from someone and then say, I really like that. And I'm going to put this little pink bow on it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's okay. Cause that's what works for you. You know what? That might not work for someone else. Right. The important thing though, is like, you're touching on something for manifestation as, and as an artist is like you, inspiration is one thing we are all inspired. All artists are inspired, but you must do the thing. That's why Raven worked is because you did the one thing that was uniquely you, you were in the moment so much that you didn't even realize you were doing, you don't know where it came from. It was complete and total inspiration and it had no resistance to it. You were done resisting, right? Like you did all the stuff you were like, done pushing 
You know, like if you're pushing on something, like you're pushing, 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 audition, 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 I got to get this. They're not going to kiss me. All that stuff. And you finally let go of it. That's, it just flowed right to you. And, and then that, like, and you were telling me like how much that voice in particular has helped and changed so many people. So important. Raven is so, so important. I, when I go to cons and talk to people about how much she means to them, I feel so beyond grateful that I was able to help bring wow. her to life. I mean, I I think I told you this story about, about, I don't know about your listeners, but this girl who was dressed as Raven at a con, and she looked, I don't know, like 15, 16 to me. And she was like yapping and yapping and yapping about mm-hmm. all the shows and different episodes and she was really adorable. And I look over and I see her mom like crying, crying, crying. And I mean, listen, people cry when they make me like a lot. <laughs> but like this was pretty serious. So I go over to check on her and she's like, my daughter is severely autistic and hasn't spoken in five years. And she heard you were coming. Isn't she? And she hadn't shut up. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So stuff like that, like, I don't know. And, you know, when people feel alone, I mean, the thing that I love about um, Comic cons and cosplay is there is no color, there is no gender, mm-hmm. there is no age. There are babies cosplaying and ninety year olds cosplaying, and black guys being Raven, looking so damn hot. <laughs> it doesn't matter body size or color; like everybody's awesome, and everybody can portray this character that spoke to them somehow. And it's like this beautiful world of acceptance. That's why I started my podcast, which you're going to come on. Um, I'd which love is, to. Yeah, which is <laughs> the love that is that is in these fans, is it, that we see when we go to cons, when we see the love from these fans. They're everything because mm-hmm. Hollywood doesn't really um, cherish their voiceover people as much as the fans do. If the fans mm-hmm. were like, you know, sending a letter saying, Tara is Harley. We love her. <laughs> you know, like I would be nothing without the fans. Mm. I okay. I wanted to ask you. I cry. Like I will cry at like a Hallmark commercial. Do you cry at these? Like I don't. I could not keep. I almost cried when you told that story just now. Do you cry when people are coming up to you? I couldn't hold it in. Sometimes. Like my face yeah. is just like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I cry. Oh my god! I've been crying a lot lately because I have something to admit. It's so terrible and so off topic. But I never watched Grey's Anatomy ever. Now, now I just <laughs> every episode. Oh, you cry every episode, right? If they hold on. That I had to stop watching that show when I figured that out. I was like, wait a minute. It's the whole point of this fucking show is to make me cry at every episode. <laughs> I was like, never again. I stopped watching it after that. Because every... And I, I don't like... Like, John... I know this is off topic. John Wick? Fuck that movie. I hate movie... Like, Finding Nemo? I cannot stand. Bambi, why do you <laughs> have to get me to this point at the beginning of the movie? Then I'm just pissed off the whole movie. I'm emotional. My face is like... I'm all sniffly. My face is wet. Like, no, sorry. I know. Anyways. I, know. I was thinking that, like, is it, is it bad to watch this show? It makes me sad. I cry all the time. I cry all the time. Like, okay, if you're crying and you're releasing <laughs> your own shit and you're, like, letting it heal you, then okay. But if you're taking on the sadness and you're, like, going to be a Meredith and you're going to be all sad, too, like... <laughs> <laughs> no shade, but like happy, happy golden buzzer that turns it around like that. You watch golden buzzer moments and you are a happy, happy camper. Have you ever done that? Oh, you go down that rabbit hole of watching best of golden buzzer moments on like okay. America's Got Talent. Okay, we'll put you. In oh, 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 like when people. 
see, okay, that I like that stuff too, but it also makes me cry. And I just sometimes I'm like, <laughs> it's so inconvenient. It is, it is a better cry for sure. But it's also like, <laughs> like if have you watched the Katy Perry movie? Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, there's a Katy Perry movie. It came out in like 2014 or something. I watched that movie like probably 30 times, and I would just bawl my eyes out because. I'm just like, she made her dreams come true. Every time her dreams come true, I'm just like pouring down my face. It's such an inspiring movie. Oh my God. I have to watch it. Oh my God. Talk about being able to shut down the emotion, the personal channel and open up the, the Katie channel or the onstage performance. Like we were just talking about, you know, like when you have to be there. So there's a scene in the movie. I don't want to give anything away, but like there's a scene in the movie where she's like very, very distraught and is literally like, there's thousands of people out there waiting at a show and she has to, she's like the lowest moment of her life and has to get on stage and fucking California girl up there, you know? And, and it's just like, she just like a switch and it's just like Katy Perry all of a sudden. And it's anyways, it's really amazing to watch, but you know what that's like to yeah, it's a gift that performers have to be able to sort of yeah, put that's that away a great point a that's a really great point it's like yeah. you know what do you do if you have you're on comic-con and thousands and thousands of people want to see you and you just have the worst fucking week of your life right you know but it does obviously would help you turn yeah. it around all that loving energy yeah it you does. know it's healing it's a lot it's very good healing loving energy for the fans for the actors you should come sometime have you been to one in Denver. I went to like a smaller one in Denver. Oh, you're gonna back in the day to like Comic Con. Yeah. That'll be fun. We'll yeah, dress. We'll dress up. Okay. <laughs> Don't drive me for a good time. Okay, I'll be there. <laughs> a theme? Oh, anytime. It's so fun to dress up for Comic Con. I, you know, the first time I did it, I totally surprised the fans. And I suited up as Harley. And normally, you know, when I'm at Comic-Con, I'm like, J-Lo. Like, I can't walk <laughs> my hotel. But in costume, people didn't recognize me. Right. And people were like, this one guy, he's like, can I take your picture? Harley's my favorite, and you're like my 11th today. And I go, okay, Puddin, but am I your favorite? And he goes, I don't know. I've seen a lot of good ones. And I just, like, couldn't wait for him to go home and, like, make his phone bigger, you know? <laughs> I went into the con and I was with a friend of mine. He was a voiceover director and there was like a family and like the mom was Raven. The daughter, no, the, the mom was, um, was, um, who was she? The mom was Scarlet Witch. The daughter was Raven. The other daughter was Harley. The little boy was Ben 10 and the dad was Timmy Turner. Like it was, (laughs) everyone was me. Right. And and so they saw my costume, like, oh, will you come take our picture? And I said, sure. And so I'm standing with them, and my direct, director friend goes, you know who she is, right? And they're like, no. And then I go to the girl, the girl that's dressed as Raven is beside me, and I go, Azerath, Metrion, Zinthos. And she goes, well, I know who I am. I was like, uh, oh. And, and then finally, my director's like, she voices all of you. All of you. She's your butt. And they're like, oh, oh my God. But that started it. And then I love surprising the fans or dressing up for Halloween as some of my costume characters. It's so fun. It's, I love, I love the cosplay world. It's just so cute and inclusive and yummy. That is fun. I saw your bubbles. Darth bubbles. Yeah, your Darth bubbles. is uh, so cute. So actually, was it Denver? It may have been Denver. I don't know. There was a con where they had all these big voice actors reading 
um, really big movie scripts, and they gave us Star oh, Wars, awesome. and they wanted me to be Darth Vader <laughs> as the Bubbles. And so Darth Bubbles kind of blew up, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's a funny costume, Darth Bubbles. Okay, I want to ask you that. So what is it like to see people dressed as, like, to go through that and just see all kinds of Halloween or even just, like, is that bizarre to just... So fun! I, I was just at the Halloween store with my kids here, and there was a whole Harley section. Because, you know, there's been so many iterations. That's like, right. you want this one, or this one, or this one. Of course, I have a soft spot for, like, the Arkham City games, because I think those are super hot. And there's a new one coming out that she's even super hotter in. It's amazing. But, yeah, it's so fun to know that I'm part of a collaborative process that brings people joy and that they want to emulate and come out and celebrate. And, you know, a lot of times, um, cosplayers in their real life are shy or um, don't get out much or do things. And then they suit up as these characters and they are empowered and Mm -hmm. fun and get out and do things. And it's so amazing. I just, I love it. I love when people dress as my characters. So you just kind of made me think of something because I'm kind of transitioning now in what I'm doing and I'm trying to help people embody their ideal version more so that, you know, kind of like what we were talking about with when you're, when you're doing art and you're just like being the channel, you're being open, but you know, the, the more in your day that you can live as your ideal and, and be that and radiate in it, obviously the quicker you can become it, the more you can bring that reality to you. So what would you say to somebody that has like very little self-esteem as, you know, Joe or Jane, whatever, and then puts on the costume and is like, you know, showing out and doing the whole thing. How can they merge that and, be that without that that shield. Well, I would say like do that as much as possible mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and feel how that feels in here because yes. we know manifesting, of course, isn't just the visualization. It's how you right. feel. So it's like, oh my God, if you f- suddenly feel like braver or more empowered or you're running the show as one of these characters, do that a lot mm-hmm. and then feel how that feels. And then maybe after a while you don't need to suit up, but you walk, you maybe you walk a little taller or maybe that character dances around her bathroom or maybe she skips when she walks or maybe he skips rocks I don't know like whatever like certain things that feel good when you're suited up like that feeling like bring that into your life and it's I think it's important to note that it's going to be different for other people like I do dance around when I'm trying to manifest something or I'll make up a song I'll make Mm -hmm. up a song in character and I'll be like oh my gosh I know I'm gonna book this part like I'll just be yeah so someone's a painter or they're a dancer or they're really great at numbers like make your numbers into a certain pattern that makes you happy like what's going to make you happy in your heart and feel confident and put you in that happy place because that's how you act as if because if you already had it you'd be that happy right yes you have to i'm i'm with you with the end result you have to put yourself at the end result you have to you have to go to sleep knowing when you wake up, you're going to be in that reality. Yeah, That reality where this is going this way and this is going that way. And exactly. you made all the right choices and you made all the best choices for you and your family and like love that reality. You know, mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. Have to, you have to hold on to that happy feeling for sure and act as if you already have what you want. Right. Yeah. There's just can't do it the other way or else you'd already have it. Right. <laughs> the other way. So, okay. I don't know how much you can or want to talk about it, but we spoke previously about you manifesting physical roles. We could talk maybe specifically based on some of your animated characters, but just in general, like 
like, I want to know where you're at for the future of your career, having done so much, you know, like you, you've like conquered and done the whole animated side. So like, you know, I, not that you haven't done it, but I know that you're like ready to just go out there and be, be more, I'm so you know. ready to be more than my, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so there we go. You say that yeah, no, like, like I said in, in LA, in Toronto, I had a very well-rounded career and LA they do pigeonhole people. They do put people mm-hmm. in boxes. Mm-hmm. And they, it's not just to actors. It's to directors and writers. I just spoke to a showrunner that says they don't believe that I can do comedy and they want to put me in this box. Mm-hmm. So you really, if you're very oh, successful God. in one area, you kind of have to work and prove yourself that, well, I can also do this, right? And so I have always, like you said, done on camera and, and um, wanted to do more. And um, this part came up for this show called Pretty Hard Cases, and it's um, it was on CBC. It's now on IMDb TV for free. And Ooh. this character is like, if you could manifest the dream role, uh, this would be her. And she is um, a drug dealer mom who would do anything for her kids. <laughs> and like, you know, my on-camera stuff's been like, cute teacher on Big Time Rush, or the way she gets the spells wrong on Sabrina. You know, people don't really know me as like a drug dealing mom. Mm. And it was so fun to step out of my comfort zone. But I will say, a lot of her inspiration, she's like, if Harley Quinn was a mom, you know, she mm-hmm, would do anything mm-hmm. for love. And this woman would do anything for the love of her children. And also... Harley, like Tiggy, um, Harley was an abused woman at the beginning of her story. Mm. And same with Tiggy. She was always, like, under the thumb of some misogynist. And both of these women finding their own power and taking over and taking control of their lives and careers were all sort of happening at the same time. And I I feel like I grew with them. Like, it was mm. import- it was important mm-hmm. for me to do this part and have so much fun with it and live this dream of being on set. I mean, I've got Kim Coates from, you know— um, whose name was also Tiggy, by the way, which is so oh, weird. So weird. On Sons of Anarchy. Oh, wow. And he's got, like, a gun to my head. And, like, <sighs> who am I all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> laying out these really crazy scenes and, like, getting stunt people to teach me how to, like, break into a trailer. And, like, oh, it was so Sweet. much fun. It was, like, adventure. I think, you know, our hearts yearn for adventure. And to get paid to have that adventure and to, yes. you know, be brought somewhere else is, like, so fun. I feel so lucky and fortunate. And... Um, did I manifest it? Probably. And do I want to manifest more? Hell yeah. Hell yes. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I love it so much. It fills my soul. It's like running, coursing through my veins. You really like, you embody what you hope actors are. Does that make sense? You have to, by the way, because actors <laughs> No, I mean are, you. Oh, I do. I do. You embody, I think, what us regular people out here in the audience <laughs> hope that that person behind that character is really like, you know, Aww. and not, not a douche. <laughs> you know what? I, like I said, I knew when I was little and I also knew like, I can't paint my own toes. So the girl painting my toes is just as important <laughs> as a director. And I don't understand when people get bitchy or, um, conceited or treat people badly because most people used to run around with a headshot and resume and wanting to get hired. Mm-hmm. And so much mm-hmm. of this business is timing and luck and booking the right gig at the right time. So yeah. I think being grateful keeps you humble and honest and, you know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's important. It's also important because actors are very insecure. And I would be lying if I said I didn't get insecure. Or if there's a part I really want, I didn't get nervous if there was like a producer session and think, oh, fuck, I don't want to mess this up for myself because I'm feeling like I have imposter syndrome and am Mm. I really as good as I think I am? Wow. You have to like, as an actor, really live in the laws of attraction and trick yourself into thinking, yeah, I'm this good. Yeah, I'm the best one in in this room. Yeah, I deserve this part of everyone else. You have to totally manifest that mindset for that moment to get through it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's funny and also, you know, heartwarming and reassuring to hear somebody with, you know, a resume like yours to say, I still get imposter syndrome, you know, because I know most of us are out here with like one or two things under our belt feeling that way, but yeah, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but you'd be surprised. Huge A-list celebrities, same Mm -hmm. freaking thing. Mm-hmm, where they're still mm-hmm. like doubting, am I good enough? Do I deserve to be here? And obviously that comes from some childhood wound stuff. Right. Of course you deserve to be there. <laughs> of course you do, right? Yes. But, but yeah, you'd be surprised. And I think it is important for people that are trying and that are coming up to know that, yes, A-listers still think, am I good enough? Do I deserve to be here? And then you got to bump yourself back on track. The same right. thing with the laws of attraction. If you're just right. if you're sad, you got to get right back on that horse and choose, yeah, I want to ride the fun horse that's <laughs> going through the ocean and my hair looks really pretty. I want to be on that horse. <laughs> Me too. That sounds amazing. Where do we sign up for this yeah, right. beach horse ride? Yeah. Flowing locks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mane and tail. Maneandtail.com. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. <clears throat> this is, I can imagine that this might be something you've been asked on more comic centered or you know animated centered um, interviews or podcasts, but why do you think Harley Quinn has blown up in the way that she has in the last few years? Like, what do you think it is about that character that resonates with so many people? Well, of course, like I said, she is a woman who triumphs and finds her own power and her own voice. She is a phoenix. You know, mm-hmm, she is mm-hmm. someone that back in the day everybody fell in love with because her voice was adorable. Her drawing was adorable. Um, Arlene Sorkin, who the role was created for, breathed life into this beloved creature <laughs> that, you know, no one else could ever do as good as her. It was The role was created for her. But when she was, you know, dating Hoofden, <laughs> he was not very nice to her. You know, my, my like, <laughs> log line when I would want to get into character, I would just say, you'd think after living with Mr. J all this time I'd be used to a little pain. Right? That's not how she talks anymore. Right? <laughs> and and I remember going into certain sessions for video games and seeing her outfits get more badass. And, like, there were lines that she would say that I'm like, wow, that's so how I'm feeling today. And, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes when you're doing a video game, you think, this is going to blow out my voice. Because for, for animated sessions, it can be a full cast record. They can have you for up to four hours. And other people are speaking, so it's not as vocally taxing. When mm-hmm. you're by yourself doing a video game, you know mm-hmm. this. Even if you're just talking for a few hours, you get tired. Right. But often video games are screaming and death sounds, and you're like, Shit, I'm going to blow out my voice for the week. And you get cranky. I never get cranky when it's Harley because she's my fucking therapy. Wow. Like all the shit I want to get out, I get in there. Mm-hmm. And I can picture many moments and relate many moments back to my life. And that feeling of triumphant, like woman power and just not giving a fuck about, like, 
yeah, that's wrong, and I'm going to start standing up for myself, and I'm going to run the show my way. Like, I think, you know, so many women are waking up, I mean, after the Me Too movement and things where women are really starting to stand up for themselves and realize they can do it on their own, and they don't need to be under this thumb of misogyny. And we had this crazy president who, you know, gets to be president after admitting to sexually assaulting women like Mm -hmm. i think women are outraged that it's gone on this long that it continues to go on and so i think to have this woman that is so empowered and and like speaking to to women who who can love but have their power i think Mm -hmm. she's like it's the perfect time for harley to be this phoenix rising Mm -hmm. i think so Mm -hmm. don't you think yeah absolutely yeah so many of us are just ready to not be defined by the old ways of whatever it was, whatever that we're transcending through, we're just like over it, you know? And that's why over we're it. graduating, okay, I, gra- I, gravitating towards this. Like, I still can't even believe, like I, I was at a restaurant um, right before COVID and it was a very high end restaurant in Beverly Hills. And I saw the owner slap one of the girl's asses who were oh my God. there. And I looked at her face and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Is it? And then I saw him do it to someone else. Is that Okay. Why is that okay? You know, it's not okay. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm like, I'm proud of a lot of the work we've done, but a lot more work has to be done. A lot more work has to be done where women are not afraid to come out. Women are not afraid that they're going to lose their job or their status at work or, or their, their life. friends or their community by saying, mm-hmm. this, guy's, this guy's an abusive yeah. asshole, you know? Yeah. So. Or then you have, you know, not to turn this real dark, but then you have people like these poor women that have succumb, you know, succumbing to telling someone no, you know, or anyways, yeah, there's lots of, lots of things, lots of um, ways we can make some change in the world. And, um, and you know, do. and we have yeah. to keep going. We have to keep going. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. We have to think about something uplifting. Yes. So all of these characters are a part of you in some way, you know, like they reflect you in some way, shape or form and live within you. And I saw your TikTok or real, whatever. And someone said, like, how do you keep your character straight? You're like, who said they're straight? <laughs> I was like, yes. Um, that's just, yeah. Like I, that is, how do you separate all that out and keep from slipping into it or becoming engrossed in maybe other problems or issues that you might be channeling through your characters? Well, okay, so I'm going to answer this in two parts. In one part, in my real life, my characters come out all the time. (laughs) And sometimes it's very helpful. Like, if someone owes you money, it's Mm. easier to go into bubbles and say, can you please give me that money back then? Can you give me the money? Because it just sounds nicer. (laughs) People do things for you. I use things all the time with, like, telemarketers or, you know. Um, my kids and my friends know, like, there's always going to be a crazy voice coming out. So that is in control, uncontrollable. When I'm in a studio and I have to do a certain character, you are right that once I've established a character, they are an entity that lives in my brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when it's their turn to come out and play, they do. They just come out? And mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I know how to laugh, how to sneeze, how to run, how I wow. feel about people in that 
character. I become that character. I don't think, oh, now I'm a pony or now I'm a hot dog. I am that <laughs> entity, right? Right. And so um, I don't actually have a hard time keeping those characters straight. The only time it gets confusing is if you don't do a character a lot. Like, like mm. the other thing about um, voice acting is they can use you for one scale rate, like a, a SAG scale rate is something like 900 something dollars. Forgive me, I'm not exactly sure what it is. So they can give an actor one scale SAG rate for up to three different characters. So they're going to hire an oh, wow. actor that's more versatile that can like suddenly give them, oh, can you be the little boy at the park and can you be the mom with the Girl Scout cookies? And you can, <laughs> which is why I always tell people that want to get into voiceover to take improv so you feel really confident just jumping into different voices. Gotcha. So sometimes if you're like an incidental character that you don't play all the time, you can forget those. But always if one of those characters come back, the engineer will play for you. Oh, can you play that for me again? And then you get it back in your head and then you do it again. So they always have them on tape for you ready if it's a character that you don't do a lot. So fun. It's such a like such a mysterious job that we're all so familiar with, you know, but the behind the scenes of, of animation and stuff like that is very like, you know, you see like drawings and you see like people in the studio here and there, but that's pretty much it. It's like, there's not a lot of information about I know it's kind of top secret. I I, like Hollywood doesn't go like here's all these voice actors. Even when voice actors are the are the stars of a movie franchise, Mm. it'll be all the A list celebrities on the top of the billboard that came in just for this, and like the character and the voice actors that helped make it famous for the last ten years at the bottom or not even on the thing. Like people don't, you know, it's it's only because of the fans that people start googling and looking up their favorite voice actors. I don't know that Hollywood is so quick to go. Here's these voice actors doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. And maybe it's smart. Maybe it's to keep kids not knowing, you know, that that's not real, you know, that. Well, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's real. Maybe it's <clears throat> To protect the magic. Yeah. That's good. Do you, okay, do you, are you, are you worried or anticipating or excited for being more recognized and, you know, maybe not being able to walk down the street as much? Are you, <laughs> do you want that? Are you excited good, for it? That's a good question. I mean, usually I I don't get recognized unless it's like GameStop, you know, it's like a place where my people are. <laughs> um, and also since COVID, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you saw that tweet where I was at the mall and these kids, this guy was wearing like a TVA t-shirt and I was like, uh, you know, hey, y'all, I like your T-shirt. And he's like, thanks. And, like, walked on by, right? <laughs> and, like, no idea, but because I had a mask on. Um, but who knows if we're going to, like, live in a world without masks anymore. Who oh, knows? Gosh. I don't know. Like, I don't even know. But um, I don't know. I guess that that is a fair question and maybe a problem I would have a different response to if it was really cumbersome in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, when I go to Comic-Con's, and I need a break at the end of the night. I typically stay at a different hotel because I found that people would, like, follow me to the bathroom and want to take pictures in the bathroom. And then I'm like, you know, I just want to, like, chill out at the end of the day. So I actually have a fair bit of empathy for celebrities who, like, maybe get cranky that just want to have dinner with their family. Yeah. You know, I get, yeah. that. I get that. So I don't know. Um, would I like more recognition? Like, sure, because, like, you, it only helps spread the love and spread the word. Uh, would I want it to be where I feel unsafe or not enjoy my life? No. So th- I hope that there's like a happy medium. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably just being outside of LA will help, you know, no matter, Yeah. you know, how, how big that gets, whatever, yeah. whatever those manifestations come to yeah. fruition. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm really excited for you and your future and 
you know, like you go, it's, it's like you're entering a new kind of era in your career and opening these doors. Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It's pretty exciting. So, okay. What, if somebody wanted to just like, if they'd never heard of you before, which I don't know how they could in this, this day and age, but where would you suggest someone start if they want to start devouring your content? <laughs> um, well, if someone doesn't know me, that's a good question. Um, sometimes I'm like, Google me, you know, like <laughs> I win IMDb. Like I haven't. Um, the other thing. Where's my IMDb trophy? Yeah. The other thing I usually do is like, I show my, um, I show this, like when people are like, wait, you're this voice, you're that voice. And I'll, I'll just be like, here, I'll show you. And then I'll just like pull this up on my phone. Like, oh yeah. You showed that to me. And that's when I yeah. like. Yeah, my eyeballs fell out of my head. It's, it's just easier to show people. Go, oh, oh, you're that. Oh, you're that. And uh, this is what I sign at Comic Con. So sometimes people are like, "Wait, why is Ted on there?" And I'm like, "Cause when you touch his tummy, he goes, I love you.' That's me." And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, <laughs> like, wait, this is you, and this is you, and this is you, and this is you. Yep, yep. It's like, wait, you're wait. <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch that. Um, Does it get old? Yeah, no, uh-uh, no, no, it's, no, it's so sweet, it's so cute, the only time it gets old is if it's like, um, you know, a grown-up, and there's not kids around, like, yeah, do that voice again, yeah, do it again, you ever do that voice in bed, I'm like, no, I don't that voice in bed, sicko. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no we don't <clears throat> no we're not going to ruin anyone's childhood okay yeah. <laughs> that's so fun <laughs> um where what is your website oh you know i have tarastrong.com which could probably use some updating um mostly if you want to stay current with my stuff i'm mostly verbal on twitter and mm-hmm. my twitter my instagram my tiktok every everything is just at tarastrong across the board and you have a fun, I follow, well, I don't really use TikTok, but I catch you on Instagram. And so you always have fun, you know, it's, it's fun. Cause it is that behind the scenes thing that we were talking about with the animation yeah. you and know, you get to, it kind of started one day where I bumped into a friend of mine who was feeling really sad and the shit she was going through was pretty heavy shit. And I've known her like her whole life. And I was like, this is, yeah, I wish everything was awesome for you. Don't worry about that asshole. Like, and I just was like trying to cheer her up and it worked and she cheered up. I'm like, maybe other people could be cheered up that way. And I started doing these silly videos where all my different characters are saying something positive, like you matter or I love mm-hmm. you or I see you. And people loved it so much. I'm like, all right, I'll just do that every, every so often. As long as it brings people joy and makes people laugh and I've done a good job. I think it definitely. And you know, what's cool too is like, I think that you're helping people get introduced into, you know, I don't, I don't want to say positive thinking, but like, you know, like that kind of lifestyle that maybe wouldn't have access to it or wouldn't be exposed to it, or that might think that it's dumb or inaccessible or in some other way, not really interested. Listen, you know, I, I, I gotta tell you, there's been many times where I'll have a fan reach out on Twitter and say, I'm, I can't be on this planet anymore. And I'll, I'll follow them and say, what's going on friend. And they'll give me, like, a laundry list of pretty horrible shit in their life. And I'll, like, record a little voice message for them and say, you know, whatever their favorite character is, that I'm your friend and I'm here for you whenever you need me. And I've talked to kids with guns in their mouth. Like, I've, I try to be there for these kids. And there there have been many occasions where I keep in touch. And they're like, well, now this is bad. And I'll say, have you ever watched The Secret? 
it's like a very easy way to start. Yes, you totally. Know? Yes. And even if they start there, and I will, I will try to help. And I'm not a doctor. I don't claim mm-hmm. to be a psychotherapist or anything like that. But I will try to help people by teaching them about the laws of attraction right. and teaching them how to not focus on all the terrible things, even when they're so terrible, and focus on the other side of it and all the amazing things that you're going to do and all the amazing things that are going to happen to you. And like, I really try to teach people who are struggling. Um, about the laws of attraction. And I do think um, much of my life is living proof that it works. Yes, Because there's absolutely. absolutely no reason why, you know, a girl from, like, you know, not the most wealthy family in Toronto could grow up and be Harley and Raven and Miss Minutes and Twilight Sparkle and Batgirl and Timmy Turner and... Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty. That touch people. Like, there's yeah. going to be a bigger purpose and a bigger reason for that. And if I wasn't grateful for that, then more wouldn't come and I wouldn't get to share my gift. So I think because we know that being grateful and sending love is the most important manifester. Love is the most important manifester. Yes. So if you're spread, spreading love, then you're doing it right. That was beautiful. I can't actually, there's nothing else I can say to that. That was amazing. You were awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us and connecting. You are very inspiring in a lot of ways. So I'm really excited for everyone to get to hear your take on, you know, something that you're actually very good at, you know, like you've been doing it and you've been working it and it's working for you and you have all this living proof and just hearing you speak is living proof that you believe it and live it and live it and practice it and listen to yourself. So we are very lucky to have you and we're going to learn so much and be able to take these with us and enjoy your characters and all the stuff that you have coming forward. Well, and thanks for for what you do. It's so important to give people that, that love and that magic and that hope that, that things can get better and you, you keeping people on track is very important work. So thanks for having me. I'm, I'm proud to know you. Thank you. I feel the same. Appreciate it. Everyone out there, love you. I appreciate you. We're all raising our vibrations together. You have the power. I believe in you. Thank you so much, Tara. (laughs) See you guys next time.